Hello and welcome along to another Far Post Perth podcast. My name is Neil Sherwin and I'm delighted to be joined as usual by Blaine Treadgold and Donna Jaffray. Guys, welcome along. How are you keeping for the last couple of weeks? Well, hey guys, how are you doing? Good, good, good. It's uh, It's been two weeks since we had a podcast. There's been a couple of games in between then. Uh, uh, in that time, Glory have played away from home. Well, we had a home game with an away game. So it's Sydney FC away and the win against the Central Coast Mariners. So we'll have a quick chat about that. And then obviously look ahead to this coming Saturday's uh, game, which is at home to Adelaide United. So, Blaine, I'll start, start with yourself. Um, we'll, we'll throw it back, first of all, to the to the Central Coast game. It was a come-from-behind win. It wasn't pretty at stages, but there was a really good crowd at NIB Stadium, and it was uh, it was the first chance for the, for the home supporters to see Glory in action um, in person in the league. We obviously happy with the result, but the manner of the performance was it was it okay, or is it, was it just clearly a, a sign that there's there's still plenty of work to do? Yeah, no, I think you hit it uh, with the ladder there, Neil. Um, there's too many. We're still not playing uh, 90 minutes of football, unfortunately. Um, yeah, we've seen that. We've seen that throughout the throughout the matches this season so far. Um, and I I put something up today, and I said it's really got to start clicking because if we're not, we'll find ourselves in a in a couple of weeks, starting to hit the heading towards the foot of the table. So, um, I mean, results are results. Yeah, it was good to get the uh, first up win at home and uh, and keep the local crowd happy. Um, but um, it could have been a hell of a lot better if we had been playing uh, that 90 minutes that that the fans uh, expect. Donna, we were we were sat together at the game, and um, obviously we were, we were really happy with the uh, with the crowd that was there. It was nice to see. So many people getting out early in the season. It was over twelve thousand, but results will dictate if those people come back. As we've said before, it's a, it's a results-based city, and we need Glory to be doing well. But early signs were were positive. Yeah, absolutely. It was um, a huge crowd of twelve thousand people attending, and uh, the atmosphere was it was fantastic from where we were sitting. But as you, you're exactly right, it is a results-based city. So if the results don't keep coming, unfortunately, the crowds get lower. And I guess that's what it is across the um, across the border as well. So let's hope they get a good win against Adelaide this weekend. Well, the, the last time out, it was a 2-0 defeat away to Sydney FC. That was to be expected. They were firm favourites going into the game. As it transpired, they, they only scored two penalties and missed another one. But Blaine, uh, it wasn't really a a true reflection of the game in the sense that Sydney were far more threatening tr- throughout. They had 23 attempts at goal compared to Glory 7 and, and Glory were under the pump for quite a bit of the game without creating too much themselves. Were you a bit disappointed with the showing considering how much attacking talent Glory had on the pitch? Yeah, no, it was an interesting It was an interesting game, that one, because it's, um, in the early stages, I was down there down the boozer with a few of the lads and um, Sydney FC in that first uh, opening 20 to 25 minutes, 
they could have been three nil up and they just weren't at the top of their game. And it was one of those games where you thought to yourself, geez, we might, we might actually just sneak a, a cheeky one here. Um, but as it eventuated, um, the pressure was just too much. And, uh, obviously we, we didn't concede in open play, but the two penalties and the pressure, I guess, just added, added on and kept adding on. So, um, now full credit to Sydney. They're all over us that day. Um, and we didn't really have too much of an answer, unfortunately. No, no, not at all. It was, I mean, if it wasn't for some smart saves from Liam Reddy, it, the margin could have been a lot greater at half time and Sydney would have been out of sight. As it was, Glory were on the scoreboard anyway, still in the game for the most part. But, um, but Donna, to, to not get a goal, as we've discussed many times, if Glory don't score goals, they're very unlikely to get points because they just keep shipping too many at the wrong end. Um, Shane Lowry and, and Alex Grant do get to play together for the uh, for the first time, but they still concede goals and too many chances. It's great to have uh, Grant and Lowry back out there, obviously with injuries, and there was a lot of speculation regarding why Grant wasn't playing. Um, you know, he came into the season fully fit, and he spoke to a few of us at the Family Fun Day saying that this is the best he's ever felt. So it's quite a shock that he'd been missing, um, but it's good to see them both out there again. Yeah, I think it's uh, going forward. It's the the best central defensive partnership, and we we've spoken about that numerous times. Uh, it it was good to have them back. It's just again, it's it's the frailties throughout the team that they just give up too many attempts at goal, and and eventually you're going to get punished. Now it's no disgrace to lose two 0 to Sydney. They are the best team in the league, and it's been a long time since they they lost at home. So it's not. I don't I don't think there's too much to be read into to it as long as Glory can can back it up with a, a better performance at home this week. And, and Blaine, I've looked at the, the ins and outs this week, and Adelaide United are missing a lot of first-team players. You've got Taylor Regan is out, Vince Leah, Baba Diara, Johan, Absalonson, uh, Ersan Gullum, and Tarek Elrich is a long-term injury. But that's that's half a, a first eleven really. So you'd have to be looking to take advantage of that. Absalonson's a huge loss for them. Uh, I thought he's been quite handy for them this year. And then Gullum's out with a, I think it's a punctured lung. So, I mean, that's a pretty serious kind of an injury. Um, at home this week, um, I wrote up today that if we're, as um, as I mentioned earlier, if we're not careful, if we don't get a win this week, then we can really start to slip away with the games that are, are going on. Because you can pretty much throw a blanket over that kind of um, bottom half of the table at the moment. So, yeah, it's it's a definite must win uh, for us this week at home, and as uh, as Donna says, it's a it's a results based city. So um, the last thing that we want is for people to start falling away and finding other things to do on the weekends uh, rather than coming to the football. Well, the good news from a glory perspective is that they, apart from the the long term injuries that we already know about, that's Daniel Steins, Joel Chinesi, and Mark Warren, there aren't any other significant issues at all with everybody else is available so Donna with that in mind and, and Mitch Nichols is obviously back from his suspension he had a bit of a run out last week is there any changes you would make to the starting lineup for Saturday's game I didn't I obviously didn't get to watch the game last week unfortunately because I was at a wedding but um I don't think I'd change much I think I'd keep it the way it is I would definitely uh, continue with um Grant and Larry back um in the back four and 
that's I'd just continue with them. With Adelaide missing so many players, I think you should take full advantage of it and maybe play a couple more forwards. Um, but I can't comment as to how the guys went last week, Fran, whether, you know, Castro had to do all the work once again or whatnot because I saw quite a couple of angry comments from a few fans. So I would say that the guys need to really step up and take full advantage of this. Not that they're going to be any easy beats by any means, but let's see how they go. Blaine, I think we may see Mitch Nichols from the start and this one, um, given it's a home game, given Glory need a little bit more creativity in the sense that, it, as Donna has alluded to, Castro is, is carrying a lot of the burden at the moment that maybe they need to bring someone else into the middle of the park in, instead of, say, Andreu to, to unlock a defence um, and, and give a bit more supply to Kyo and Taggart because like, Andreu, don't get me wrong, is, is a good player but it might be a chance to mix things up a little bit at home and Brimmer's looked okay when he's come in but I think Nichols would probably be fancied uh, higher than him on the pecking order right now so is, is that an option do you think bringing someone like him into the lineup? Yeah no absolutely um, just on a side note I, I've been I've been a little bit perplexed I think the the three Spanish lads could can be a, a hell of a lot better than what they what we've shown uh, and the money that we've paid for them this season Um We've talked about uh, till we're blue in the face about Castro being wasted out on the left hand side there. Um, what the solution to that is, uh, I don't know, but I'd much rather uh, prefer to see him in a in a central attacking mid uh, midfield kind of a role in behind the the strikers there. Uh, Mitch Nichols is an interesting one. I I think he's worth bringing in to keep uh, guys like Andreu on their toes. Um, it's, yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting to, to see how they line up. But they, I don't think we're far away from clicking in that midfield. Um, I think it's going to take a few tweaks over the next couple of weeks. And I think that we can start hitting our straps after that, if I'm uh, talking from a glass-half-full uh, glass perspective. yeah. Which seems to be the going trend every year, though. Come December, January, the guys click and start playing really good football. <laughs> so let's hope next season they can start from the beginning instead of halfway through the season. Yeah, we all know the the reasons for that. Kenny Lowe has spoken about the uh, about the intensity and the players being really fit and all that, but it's the, it's the playing together and the chemistry side of it that's, that's more right. of a concern right now. And, and pro- probably a few more preseason games would would help. And having the players here a bit earlier would also help. But we know that's that's not really realistic. Unfortunately, if you've got players who don't come back until two weeks or three weeks before the season starts so it is going to naturally take them a bit of time to find their feet and we just have to to wear it I guess for the first month or six weeks and I think there's Glory probably know that as well which is why they've they, they request or want more home games in the in the latter stage of the season when everybody's firing on all cylinders and hopefully they can catch gain a bit of ground because you know they've played three or four away from home so far um, and so they've they've picked up not well they've they've picked up one point from those three away games which is par for the course generally speaking when it comes to glory and away trips but it just means that you're playing catch up and Blaine I guess this this early in the season as you you mentioned earlier you could leave yourself with a, a lot of work to do if you lose these games and, and don't pick up those home results um, glory are, yeah are only on four points from four games and it, it could potentially be, be worse uh, come the weekend yeah no and that's the way the uh, fixtures are fell by the, um, by, from the looks of things so um, 
as I said, it's an absolute must win in, in my eyes, which can see us holding uh, or keeping pressure, if not holding on to a position in the top four. But uh, a loss and other results going against us will find, uh, um, find us chasing our tails with only uh, four points from five games and uh, not much of a, of a goal difference either. No. All right. Well, the last thing we'll touch on before we, we take a break is the, uh, the oh, here we go, the video assistant referee. The VAR um, watching the game last week, there was a penalty given. Whether it was a penalty or not, there was a decision to be made. And it took three minutes and 45 seconds, I think, from the time the whistle went for the penalty to be awarded to Bobo stepping up and, 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 and taking it. Um, it's too long for me. I know that they're trialing this technology and there is going to be teething problems and, and whatnot. But, Donna, we, we can't have a situation where you're, you're stopping the game for that long. It puts uh, The longer you stand over a penalty, the more you have time to think about it. And players, a lot of players play an instinct. You know, they, they pick their spot and they, they, go, they go for it. You leave them standing there for three or four minutes and they're thinking, do I put a top right? Do I put a bottom left? Which way is the keeper going to go? And you take that out of it, and it puts a bit more pressure on the player, especially if it's in a in a considerably larger game than than what we had last week, where there was barely a man and his dog in attendance. Um, but but generally generally speaking, it it's got to be improved on going forward, or else it, it to be binned off. hundred uh, percent agree. And momentum stops as well, and it just it just dragged on. You know, that's a ridiculous amount of time. I think they need to be quicker on it. Understand there's teething problems with all things and eventually it will hopefully become almost perfect. But that sort of stoppage time is ridiculous or something like that. And I agree with you that the player has every opportunity to sit there and think about what he's going to do, how he's going to do it. And it could just completely, it's a mindset thing as well. So they definitely need to um, fix that up moving forward. Blaine, just on the, on the um, situations that the, the VAR is used in and, I mean, I, I don't mind technology in terms of goal line incidents. I think that's great because that's it. That's an open and shut. Did it cross the line? Yes or no. But what you've got is you, you've essentially got the re-refereeing of the game where the referee makes a decision on the pitch and some guy upstairs with the benefit of a replay well, tells him he's wrong. But that's based on an opinion as well. It's 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 not a fact. Like it's, it's not necessarily a fact that the guy means to hand, handle the ball. That's a matter of opinion. So we're taking one matter of opinion from the guy in the field and then replacing it with someone else's in the booth. That, to me, is a, is a poor use of technology. I really only like it for open and shut cases. And what about yourself? Do you, do you see it as, as being... Because where do you draw the line? Do you do it for everything? You know, yellow cards? Where, where do we stop if, if this is the, the, the trend and the path we're going down? Yeah, I 100% agree with you, mate. Um, it, there's a lot of um, confusion about the consistency or inconsistency uh, towards the usage of the VAR system. Um, you'll see the little, little widget flash up on Fox Sports with your little McDonald's and the Golden Arches logo and this and that all over it. Um, but it'll, it'll flash up for some instances and not for others and in some games and not in other games. There's no... Uh, yeah, there doesn't seem to be any real pattern to it, and and people are really confused. And obviously, uh, Kenny Lowe came out, and he's really confused over how it's supposed to work. And um, yeah, I I don't think it was um, I don't think it was really thought enough through when it was brought in, because as you said, um, it should only be used for open and shut cases. When you've got to go into um, a referee's decisions that come down to a referee's interpretation of a rule, then it just makes it really really messy. Yep, 
it's gotten very messy and it's got people talking so we're, as you mentioned Kenny Lowe's given his thoughts on it and just leading into the break here got a bit of audio from the, the Glory manager talking about it and after you've heard from Kenny we'll come back and we've got a few other things to discuss so we'll talk to you in a minute um, I don't know mate. what can you say I can't say anything can I really yeah you know we're making a mockery of a lovely game you know, at the end of the day we've got We've got people up there to make a decision. Let them make a decision and do the right thing. But it shouldn't t- if there's any, if it takes that long to make a decision, it's reasonable doubt. You know what I mean? People have been hung for less. Crazy. I just don't understand it, and it adds to the, it just adds to the. How can I say? It's not a great reflection of the game. I don't think if you can do something clinical and it's black or white, you know, uh, then then brilliant. But if this is an element of doubt, how can you make a decision? I just... And how can it take so long? You know what? I'd rather the ref, you know, hone his craft, polishes his skills and make a decision. And look, we're all human. At the end of the day, the VAR's not a computer. It's another human up there making a decision. So it's, it's fallible. So we've already got someone who's fallible on the pitch. <laughs> What's the point of making someone fallible upstairs? Let's just, you know... The guys will make a mistake. Everyone get off the back a little bit. Uh, but this just compounds it now, you know. And then I'd sooner go and have a beer with my mates on Sunday morning and have an argument over whether it was a pen or wasn't a pen, as opposed to something that doesn't really work well at the moment. You're listening to The Far Post Perth. We'll be back after this. And we're back on the Far Post Perth podcast. We're going to turn our attention to the A-League in general now, take it away from glory for a few minutes. The uh, the top at the moment, you've got Melbourne City leading the way on four wins from four games. They haven't looked incredibly impressive, but they've they've got the results on the board. And Blaine, I've watched, the, watched a bit of them so far, and they, the big difference for me compared to previous seasons is how much better they are at the back. They're not looking nearly as vulnerable as they have in previous years and and it's uh, well they've they've conceded one in four games so it speaks for itself they've definitely changed their mindset since um joyce has come in to take a take the reins as the the manager they've gone from almost a you know a flashy cashy kind of a a football club to a a a cashy kind of football club that likes to grind out results and it, it seems to have worked for them but i agree with you they haven't I said that from I think round two that they they still look very very beatable and I'm not too sure whether it's just a pure grit that's getting them getting them results at the moment but I haven't seen too much uh, too much flash from them at the moment. Um, McCormack's free kick against Adelaide uh, on the weekend was an absolute highlight. That was a cracking uh, cracking goal. But uh, yeah, besides that, I haven't really seen too much that's impressed me. Don, as a, as a victory fan looking across town. Um City, as, as Blaine said, they haven't been flashed, but they're four from four, and they've still got, well, they, they, I'm sure they hope, Fernando Brandon and Bruno Fornaroli to come back in at some stage. So the signs are, are, are pretty good from where they're sitting. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Uh, for myself, it's not something I want to see, but um, as Blaine said, I haven't seen anything that I've gone, wow, that astounds me. But you're right, they've still got Brandon and Fornaroli to come back. So if they're winning games now, imagine 
what they'll do with both them two um, back in the squad. So I don't know if Von Roll will be back anytime soon, but I think Brandon's on his on his way back um, at training and whatnot. So just imagine what they can do with them in the um, on the pitch as well. Yep. All right, let's move a little bit further down. We've spoken about Sydney FC. The Jets are in third. Two games. Two wins, two draws, so they're undefeated, going pretty well. But it's Western Sydney Wanderers I want to mention next because we've had the big coaching appointment this week and it's Joseph Gombau is back in the league. He's uh, abandoned the Australian under-23s in favour of a club job. Uh, I think it's a fantastic appointment because I really liked him when he was at Adelaide. He's a very, very likeable person. Um, I remember when Laurie were playing Adelaide or uh, yeah Adelaide at NIB Stadium the run up to Christmas a few years ago, and he took time to to shake every journalist's hand in the in the press conference and wish them a happy Christmas to them and their families. And it's just little things like that. He seems a very you know personable guy and and also a very good coach, to, to, which is obviously the most important thing. But I just think a, he's he's a great fit for both the A League and Western Sydney Wanderers. Blaine, what what are your thoughts on the appointment? The Socceroos and the young Socceroos is definitely at loss for, for letting him um, go to Western Sydney. Um, but absolutely, it's an absolute coup for Western Sydney. Um, I'd love to be able to have a have a manager like that in the future at Perth because uh, his style and, as you said, you know, his his demeanour and obviously his knowledge of the game is, is second to none in Australia at the moment. I have to, I have to agree. Yeah, I think, Donald, I think we're, we're all pretty, uh, pretty happy with that. I guess from... from uh, from your perspective, Donna, looking in at, at, at coaching changes, we've we've talked about in previously about Ange Postacoglu and and the Socceroos and and Victory's boss Kevin Muscat has been touted as one of the potential replacements if and when that does materialise. But as as a Victory fan, I'm sure someone like Gombau would would be the a nice fit for you as well. In the same way that Blaine has said he wouldn't mind someone like that, Glory. Yeah, absolutely. The the passion that he just shows. Oh, just on the sidelines is unbelievable. And I know players that have played under him and they've said that he's he's one of the best coaches and mentors um, they've had. So it's very exciting to see him back in the A-League, but have to agree with Blaine. It's a big loss to – well, it's not a big loss to Australian football because he's in the A-League, but it is a big loss on an international um, spectrum. So it's great to have him back, and I think he's going to shake things up. Okay, there's four teams that are winless Right now, <laughs> yeah, you know what's coming. Uh, we've got Wellington Phoenix, probably not much of a surprise. The Central Coast Mariners, yeah, probably not much of a surprise. Bris- Brisbane Roar and the Old Boys Club, they're struggling, and, and I guess people would have expected them to have a win on the board by now. But the big boys down down the bottom, one point off the spoon spot at the moment. It's Melbourne Victory and Blaine. Let you get your your, your spoke in first. Um, they drew with the Mariners last week. They weren't great, and and this week they go into to the to the big game on on Monday um, with a whole host of players missing because of the A League's insistence on not um, not not adhering to international breaks. I've, I haven't been too impressed with victory this year, and um, um, it looks like it's even going to get worse with guys like Barisha missing for a couple with his suspension, guys on international duties. And you just got to think to yourself, I, I I can't see where the goals are going to come from. Um, I don't think uh, Kenny Athu is going to be anywhere near ready at the moment. You've got guys like Jai Ingham, uh, Mitch Austin, but I mean these guys are going to have to step up tenfold for for victory to get uh, points on the board in the next over the next couple of weeks. Donna, you you play host as I said to uh, on the Monday game. It's it's against Western Sydney Wanderers. Um, yeah, Gombo's first game, so they're obviously going to have a spring in their step with him 
taking charge. Are you worried about this one? As I said, you've got a lot of players missing. Yeah, I am worried. I've been worried. I was a little bit worried after watching them against Central Coast and agree with Blaine. I can't see where these goals are coming from. Yeah, we um, still have Milligan because he's obviously suspended uh, with international duty, so that's good. But with Brisha not there, I can't see Ingham or anyone else coming off the bench uh, being that powerhouse that we need. We are struggling a bit at the moment. and I say this every week on paper. We shouldn't be, but we are out there. And I think it's because Muskie's tactics have been found out and they're just people just know what we're going to do. All right. Well, here's to another um, winless week for victory in uh, in round five. <laughs> looking, forward, looking forward to that. Uh, all right, let's move on because there's a couple of big games coming up uh, in the next... Well, it's probably it's probably going to be before we do our next podcast. It's the, the Soccer News games against Honduras. Um, the squad's been announced. 25 players, as Donna, Donna you mentioned, uh, Mark Milligan is suspended for first game. And, and Matthew Leckie is also suspended but also injured, which is a bit of a worry. So... He's named, Ange Postacoglu is named an extended squad. Um, they're going to head to Honduras for that game. We're still getting mixed information about what time the kickoff will, that'll be. It's toing and froing and whatnot. Um, but yeah, Blaine, are you, are you looking forward to it? Nervous, excited? What's the, what's the feeling in, in both your your head and the the active supporters you, you hang around with? Yeah, well, it's a it's an interesting one because it's odd having uh, obviously A League football on the same weekend that the Socceroos are playing. So it's a really odd feeling. I think there's uh, I don't know how that's going to sit. We're lucky in the West because I think we've got Wellington and Phoenix away the day after, so I mean, it's not going to clash too much with our club football. But I'm sure there will be clubs or uh, A League clubs playing uh, literally hours after after the Socceroos played. So the the supporters are going to have to really dig deep to get through days like that. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's turning, in terms of the, the, the muck around and the and the kickoff times, it's starting to turn into a bit of a, a Uruguay uh, 2.0. Um, all kinds of information coming out, as you said. Um, from what I understand, they were trying to push for a, a 3.30 kickoff. Um, and then it was got denied. And then it was, yeah, it's back to... Back to the four o'clock kickoff uh, local Honduran time. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's just going to be really, really interesting to see how the how the next week pans out. And then, of course, you've got the the Ange scenario, which um, you know every journalist from uh, east to west just seems to want to drill Ange at the moment about his future, and and he's uh, holding fast. So, it, it's it's a really, really interesting time in terms of the national team at the moment. Yeah, and the one thing we definitely know is that it's going to be at a really, really shit time for us in Perth to watch the first leg. No matter what way they move, at a half a half an hour either side isn't going to make too much of a difference when it's six o'clock in the morning. But it is what it is. I'm sure there'll be a, a good crowd down at the uh, the game sports bar in North Northbridge for it. They're uh, they're putting on both games, which is great of them. Um, let's just dip into the W League really quickly. The first game was the Friday night at NIB Stadium against uh, Melbourne City. It was it was a nice four-one win for Glory. I've only seen the goals, uh, but then you you were there thereabouts for it. What did you make of it? Yeah, no, I was uh, pleasantly surprised of um, all the talk about Melbourne City this year and bringing in you know pretty much half the Matildas side. And uh, no, uh, Perth Glory uh, took it right up uh, up to them. It's um, it was one one at half time uh, thanks to uh, Sam Sam Kerr um, 
got the girls off to a, a, a very quick start within the first few minutes, and then Kaya Simon equalised with an absolute uh, cracking uh, goal from about, about 25 yards, I think it was. Um, and then all of a sudden the rain came in and turned to bloody Baltic conditions, um, and then all of a sudden the floodgates opened for the glory, and um, Nicole Polger jumped on the score sheet, and um, American import Rachel Hill jumped on with two, so we walked away quite happy from the night, yeah. Yes, it's a good result to kick things off, all right, and then one of the imports getting amongst the goals early is nice, considering that they don't arrive um, until quite late um, ahead of the season. So obviously they have just come off a full season in the US, so the match fitness wouldn't be a massive issue. But in terms of getting to know your circumstances and your teammates and then you know your new surroundings, uh, it's great to see them hitting the ground early, Donna. Yeah, absolutely. Uh- it's exciting times ahead for the Women's League at the moment. We Sam Kerr kicking butt all across Australia and internationally with all her awards and accolades. She's definitely put the Women's League more on a map now and obviously more people are talking about it. So good on them and uh, credit to the team and Bobby and everyone else, the trainers and whatnot, getting the team together so quickly and let's set big season ahead for them. Yes, big season ahead. They're targeting... Um they must be targeting the grand final and, and hopefully they can get one in Perth and we have another, another day out at NIB Stadium because that was pretty good in the house of it. Um, a few years ago it was a, a very good crowd down for it so they're away to uh, Brisbane Roar this coming weekend in their second match um, which will be a, another another good challenge for them and then round three they're away at Adelaide United um, before they finally get to come back to Perth against uh, Melbourne Victory. And that's a double header with the men's on November 19th. So a big day for that one, Blano. It's going to be uh, going to be interesting to see if they can come home with those, get those two away results and then come home and, and uh, face, the, face the victory. Then we can, uh, we can see him uh, starting to shoot up that, that table or even obviously pull away um, to the top of the table. So it, they're absolutely going great guns at the moment. And as you said, I think those uh, imports have only been in town a week, so they, they definitely gelled very, very quickly and they were, they were quite impressive on the weekend. Well, that game against Victory is on, on Sunday the 19th of November, and so the women kick off at 1.30 and it's followed by the men's game at 4pm. So it's a pretty good uh, double header to get along to. Blaine, just before we wrap things up, you wanted to throw in something about the, the power share team. Yeah, um, there is a, currently a fundraiser on uh, GoFundMe.com um, to help the Perth Glory Power Chair team uh, out with some with some cash and um, get them get them going in their in their season. So um, if you want to get hold of the Facebook at Power Chair WA, or you can check their, out their website at www.wapfa.org.au. And, uh, yes, throw some uh, spare change uh, the guys' way and uh, hopefully they can have a have a great tournament and a great season. Yeah, I watched the video on the um, Football New South Wales page the other day. They put it on Twitter and Facebook of a lad from Western Sydney Wanderers who represented Australia recently, and what a legend. I mean, the, just the video is just so... It's so heartwarming to see the passion and and the, 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 the ability um, through such... Uh, you know, it's difficult circumstances. He's he's making the most of what he's got, and oh, f- fantastic! So if you can find that um, on the Football New South Wales page, it's about three minutes long, and it just speaks to him about what it means to him and his and his family to be able to 
get out there and have a game and to, to be representing Australia on the on the global stage. So yeah, if that doesn't warm the cockles, there's something wrong with you. And then hopefully yeah, you, you can then donate to the, the the glory team as well because it's it's a great great initiative. So fair play to all the guys and girls involved in that. Um, but yeah, we're going to wrap it up there, and uh, that'll do us for for another podcast. We've got the home game, as mentioned, against Adelaide United on Saturday. The guys will be out and about in the uh, doing the fan reactions afterwards, and then there'll be a subsequent video on the uh, on the YouTube page. And, and Blaine, where will you be setting up? Same as last time. Yeah, guys, come and see us behind the uh, old um, stand on the western side of the ground. Just. Uh, just behind the uh, the reception at NIB Stadium, and Donna and myself will be out there to have a chat to a few people, and you can give your thoughts to Donna on the camera and and what have you, and hopefully we uh, we get a win and we get plenty of uh, positive feedback. Yeah, and if you want to be negative, that's more than welcome as well. We, we'll uh, <laughs> happily listen to your it's rants. A lot more entertaining. Exactly, yes. a bit of ranting and raving is always good. So yeah, come see the guys. And uh, we'll all be at the game anyway. I'm looking forward to it. It's nice to have a Saturday night game. Uh, hopefully a good crowd. 7 p.m. kickoff. Weather's looking sharp for it, so it doesn't really get much better. Um, get out and, and get out and watch the game. So, thanks everybody for having a listen. And Donna and Blaine, thanks as always for the chat. Thank you. Thanks, cool. guys. Cool. Well, the podcast in association with the Daily Football Show is available to download from Wish and iTunes. And make sure to check out our social media accounts. We're on Twitter. We've got the Far Post Perth there, um, or just Far Post Perth, and it's the same on Facebook and Instagram, so you can find them really easy with a quick search. Uh, our next podcast will probably be in a couple of weeks' time, and we'll, we'll obviously talk glory, socceroos, and everything else that's going on, so we'll speak to you then. Mm-hmm.